Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey everyone, this is episode 78 of the Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today's guest is Joe Sheehy, founder and CEO of Cured Nutrition. I'm your host, Daniel Apke, joined by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Joe, welcome to the show and congrats on being our first guest non-related to the real estate industry. Ah, nice. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. So Joe, just a brief background on Joe. He's actually a personal mentor of mine and has so much powerful insights into systems, processes, core values, mission, and more. It's a lot of the implementations that I've been talking to with with our audience, Joe, over the last few months is what I've actually learned from you and your business and experience. Um, But for today's purpose, we're going to focus a lot around systems and processes and go into core values a little bit. And I thought this would be really valuable to everyone in our audience. I know it's not real estate related, but I feel like there's like a stigma in real estate that you have to learn from other real estate people. And I just feel like that's so far off because I've already learned so much from you who own a nutrition company. But do you want to go ahead, Joe, and just give a brief background on yourself and your mission or whatever you want to dive into? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Honestly, I mean... So I own a, a supplement company. We're a direct-to-consumer e-commerce business. We've been in business for five years now. As of yesterday, we celebrated our fifth birthday. And uh, the business was created really to push the boundaries on what people utilize to optimize their health and fitness. Fitness. We have a lot of cannabis-based products. We have functional mushroom-based products. We're really creating the future of the supplement industry. And that's what our mission is, to create a new future of the supplement industry and really change what it means to be healthy, fit, successful by changing the narrative around cannabis. There's such a stigma. And it was something that really helped me in a very difficult time of my life. About 11 years ago now, I came out of a blackout on the edge of a bridge. I had climbed over a guardrail and I was ready to end my life. I was in a time in my life where the person that I wanted to be and the person that I talked about being and the person that showed up on a day-to-day basis were just two completely different people. There was this massive dissonance between the two. And when you're not in alignment, which is really at its core integrity, you're gonna be anxious because you're not the person that it is you say you are. And so for me, what I realized was that was something that led me to the darkest time of my life. I wasn't true to who I was. I wasn't true to what my mission was. I wasn't even clear on what my mission really was. And I didn't have values to guide my decisions on a day-to-day basis. I was a young 21-year-old in college drinking pain away, pain of not knowing who I am, pain of, a childhood of amazing experiences, but things that I just weren't really, uh, I wasn't really able to understand. And so at the core, whenever we have a dissonance, a lack of alignment between who it is we say we are and who we actually show up as, it's going to cause a bunch of anxiety. So for me, that place and that time in my life taught me so many lessons that I've brought into the future. And now 11 years later, After having spent seven years in the aerospace engineering world, I took a hard left-hand turn and dove into this business. And so I recognized that as I was on my journey to work on my mental health and really optimize my body, there was a lot of people that were raising topics that were 
kind of carried a stigma around them. One of them being cannabis and we would podcast, we would have a great conversation. They'd have a similar story. They'd be like, you know, I'm pursuing health and fitness. I've gone through a difficult time. And then we'd get off the podcast and be like, Hey, like I see you using cannabis. I see you using this. I see you doing that. And I'm like, yeah, like we should talk about that publicly because the only way people's ideas are going to change is if we put the, put the conversation out in the public and not talk about it in private. And I got to the point in my aerospace career where I was just not feeling like I had any tangible impact. I would show up, I would sit in a cubicle, I would punch the buttons and I would leave. And I had worked so hard to get to that point that I was kind of like throwing my hands up in the air. Like so many of us, we go to school and then we get out and we're like, I worked so hard for the thing that I thought was going to be the thing. And then it's not the thing. And if you grow up with most of us grew up in a society where there's all of these supposed to's, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to get the job, you're supposed to go to school. Um, it's kind of hard to break free from that. But what happened was I actually started to get to a place of depression again. And having had that experience seven years beforehand, I recognized that there was something in my life that wasn't just in true alignment with who it is I wanted to be. And my boss belittled me one day. I was so frustrated. I went and saw a therapist. The therapist literally was like, dude, like you're looking for permission from the outside world, but, but nobody's going to give it to you besides yourself. He handed me this card. It literally said permission on it. And the next day I put in my letter of resignation and I created cured. Um, and we're five years later down the road, lots of ups and downs. We almost went out of business in 2019 at beginning of 2020 and mission and core values and being so clear on who it is and how you show up is the thing that got us through almost going out of business. And it is the thing that we talk about in our mastermind. And when I work with other business owners to really create the most solid foundation that allows your business to scale without that foundation and without systems that come after it, you cannot scale your business because you're standing on a very poor foundation. So that's a crash course on my last 11 years, but depressed, anxious, suicidal, aerospace engineer, then like, wow, I'm not impacting people. I'm going to actually go pursue something on my own. And, you know, five years later, I'm still figuring it out every day, but uh, I'm in a place where I'm really happy with what I've created. And it's been because of the hard times. Yeah. And with that systems and process background from aerospace engineering, I assume that's you took some of that and what you learned in your previous towards cured nutrition for what you do today. Absolutely. And my business partner, I don't know if we've actually talked about this in the mastermind, but my business partner and I met in engineering school. We both went into aerospace after school. And so from day one, we have put really uh, a, a huge amount of emphasis on what's the system that we're working on building here. Because if we don't have a clear system and processes, we can't actually get to the next level because the only way to scale is to take your system, infuse more capital into it, or replicate your system with people. So it's people, capital, and just continuing to churn that over and over and over again. And we can make that extremely complicated, but at its core, the only thing that scales is a simple system. So yeah, yeah let's talk about that a little bit. So. A lot of our audience is newer in the real estate or entrepreneurship world, just starting out. Uh, Ron and I are getting a lot of new members checking out, trying to get their land investing career and real estate career up and going. In terms of systems and processes, where do you think one should start 
And do you think they should even start looking at systems and processes when they're just getting things? Because we have a lot of engineers coming into our program for whatever reason, and they're thinking so system and process oriented, kind of like you. But how do you think someone gets started in that? And how early do you think someone gets started in that? Yeah, I think if you're mentoring people and you guys have already developed a successful you guys have built a business that's working really well and it is successful and it's going in a very amazing direction. So you guys understand what you've done to create that success. But when somebody comes in and they didn't have like a mentorship like you guys, they're going to throw 10 things at the wall and see what sticks, right? But what you guys have done, maybe you did that in the beginning, but you found like there's like one or two or three things that like these are the things that work. And I think most entrepreneurs go through that journey. It's like, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall, see what sticks, and then start to refine. So it's kind of like cast a wide net and then refine down to what works. So I guess there's two, two answers to that. Depending on if they have mentorship like you guys, then you're probably going to be able to build systems right off the bat. If you don't have mentorship, you're going to have to figure out the two things out of the 10 things that you're doing that actually work and build the system around those two things. And sometimes that takes time. Like, I'm five years into building Cured and we've, we have a lot of systems, but there's like three systems that we've refined over five years that are the things that allow us to scale. So that's kind of a nuanced answer. Hopefully that makes sense. It depends on the support you have. It depends on the mentorship you have. It depends on somebody's, if somebody's ever even done it before. I know you guys are kind of going into uncharted waters at times, which is awesome, but you guys are like leading the charge. So, uh, yeah, I mean, pitch, pitch to get support by you guys, because honestly, like you guys are figuring out and if they can come in and they can get rid of the noise and be super clear on what works and build a system around it right away, then 100% you want to build those systems right off the bat. If you don't have mentorship, there's a very good chance you're going to have to throw some things at the wall to see what actually works. Yeah. So and we noticed you, that there's, oh, go on, Ron. Sorry. Um, so when you started Cured, like are you, did you prepare your systems to go like nationwide and stuff like that? Cause that's your mentality. And that's what I tell a lot of newer people. Like, what are your goals? Let's align your goals with, let's align your systems with where you want to go. Um, opposed to just doing it as you go. Is that something when you started cured five years ago, was that something you were trying to build? Like, I want this to be a worldwide company. I want this to change how the world operates, how the world looks at cannabis. So I'm going to build these systems that are above where my business currently is, but to prepare for the future. Yeah. Uh, if I did it over again, that's how I would have started, but absolutely not. <laughs> um, and that's why we almost went out of business though, because I, I drew this diagram once in one of our mastermind calls, but what was going on was we were doing, we scaled so quickly. We went zero multi-million dollars in a little over a year and a half. I think you guys are somewhere on, like you guys like are seeing this traje trajectory too. I don't know the whole numbers, but like when you have quick growth, it's really hard to not allow yourself to go after 10 different things. So we had extremely quick growth, but if you drew a map of what Cured was and where we were going, you would see arrows in like five different directions in 2019. And the fact that we were going in five different directions just meant that we weren't extremely clear on what the one mission was. And when I say that, what we were really doing is we were becoming a vertically integrated business when we didn't really need to be a vertically integrated business. So we had a farm, we did manufacturing, we had end product, then we were doing in-person wellness events for our marketing. And while that worked short term, 
it came to a point where it no longer worked because our resources and our cash couldn't keep up with the fact that we were going in five different directions. So if I would go back and start it over again, I would be extremely clear on what the mission is and have that be the thing that guides your decisions. If you say, hey, we wanna change people's lives through creating supplements that are literally pushing the boundaries on what could be considered a supplement, does it matter that you have a farm? It doesn't matter. Does it matter that you're manufacturing your own products? It doesn't matter. What matters is that you can deliver that product and you have to be extremely clear on the fact that you have to develop the right relationships, right? You have to develop the right partnerships and your whole supply chain matters. But at the end of the day, if I could have listed those five things out in the very beginning and been like, is this going to allow us to create supplements that really change the future? I could have marked those things off and said, no, those aren't non-negotiables. So, so Ron, like the answer to your question is no, I didn't build that right off the bat, but now from 2019 to today, that's 100% what we're doing. And like, as a leader of a company, you have the hardest job because you're the one that has to make the decisions, right? People are like, oh, like, you, what do you just sit behind your desk and make decisions? You're like, yeah, like a lot of times that's what I do. And I have to, and I have to make those decisions on based off of a minimal amount of data. And the only way that you can support that data is to be clear of, is this align, in alignment with our mission or is it not? And is this something that we can build a system around? Because if you can't build a system around it, then it becomes very difficult to really understand how to scale it. So Cured 2.0, Joe 2.0 within the walls of Cured, 100% systems all day, but that's not how we started. If I could go, that's literally, I've said this to Daniel in the, in uh, the mastermind, I'm like literally healing my entrepreneurial wounds in our mastermind, because I'm like, if you, if I could go back and do it again, I wouldn't do these things. So. Exactly. That's, and it's that, uh, <laughs> it's that weird because so many people are like, we know what drives the revenue in this business and it's the, you know, pricing the mail and getting like how to get the deals back and how to acquire property under market value and how to list properties for sale. And then it's like that fine balance, like how much do you put into your systems and your CRM when you don't really necessarily need that robust CRM now. But if you're trying to scale this up and really change the world and change how it operates, like you're going to need that eventually. And Ron and I are spending right now with a CRM consultant and some other consultants, like forty to $50,000 just on our systems to plan for it. We don't need it now, but we know we're going to get to that breaking point kind of like you were in 2019. And we don't, we're trying to prevent something like that from happening, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's for you to have that foresight and be building it. You are in an amazing place. And like the system that you're building right now, there's a very good chance it'll change for when you start to implement it. But like if you start to build that foundation now, as you learn things over the next several years and getting to the point where you really need that system, you'll have you'll have uh, gotten rid of a lot of the things that would have held you back if you're trying to implement it extremely quickly. So. That's a huge, right. that's a great investment. For sure. And I think it's for us personally, it's like how much, how much farther can our current system take us and how many more people are we going to need to operate where we have, a, maybe we can add a system and uh, 2x, 3x our growth with the same amount of people opposed to hiring five more people and then trying to grow with this current system. Um, but I think you can help some people as far as 2019, Joe. Um, and obviously it probably isn't anything compared to what you went through 11 years ago. 
But talk about that kind of breaking point, what pushed you through it, um, more on an emotional, mental state, as far as on the verge of your business shutting down. And there are people like, you. people look at Daniel and I like, it wasn't always like this, it's still like, we have hiccups, there's things, but we always find a way to push through. But talk about that mentally, emotionally. Three years ago, I guess we're looking at, when uh, your business yeah. almost shut down. Yeah, so that was when I had one of my very first mentors. And in that relationship, one of the things that I had to get really clear on was, and this is not the case for everybody, but for a lot of people, when you start your business, like it's you, it's just you. So you're the one that is the core and the center of the business. And as your business starts to grow, we mentally really struggle to understand how the business is bigger than us. And what I mean by that is I was so overwhelmed at one point. My mentor was like, just write down on a piece of paper everything you're doing. And I came back to him. I was like, I had five pieces of paper. He's like, what are you, like, you're doing all of that? And he's like, I'll point out something very clearly for you that you need to understand is if you are doing all of those things, and I had a team of 10 people at the time, so I was doing all of these things and I still had a list five pages long. He said, you are not building a business that's any bigger than Joe right now. Like you haven't let go. You're trying to control everything. This, this, these are things, there are things on this list that could be delegated and taught to other people if you were the leader that your team really needed. And so there was like this ego, like death, because when you first build your business, like you are the center, you are the core. And I went through this time where he was, he drew this, he drew this diagram on the board and he's like, here's your business. And Joe is like the thing that makes up this whole business. But where we need to go is this business is way bigger than Joe and Joe just shows up wherever he needs to be. And the whole team fits within this mission and the vision of the future. And that breaking point was just like recognizing that I had to just let go of control. And even though I had a big team at the time, I was holding on to so much stuff that I thought that I was the only person that could do it correctly. You're like, oh, it's like, that's that's that joke or saying is like if you want something done do it yourself like that's so wrong like if you want something done correctly teach the people how to do it how you want them to do it they might take a little bit of a different route to get there but as a business owner we're not building businesses we're building people that help us build the business together and achieve the future together so emotionally at that point ron like i mean for us to go from zero to multi-million dollar very quickly and quickly valued at over, it was around like 13.5 million in like a year. I was like, oh wow, like I did it. I'm successful. Like I, like look at me, look at what I did. And for the revenue to spike, but then also be on this downward trend because the industry was getting so saturated, which when there's like this new opportunity and there are people that are quick to jump on it, just know that there's going to be other people jumping on it down the road. So you have to be extremely laser focused on what's working so you can keep ahead of those people. But we messed that up. We were going in 10 different directions. And so our resources started to run out and the things that were driving our sales, we weren't clear on. So our revenue started to take a massive dip. And at the end of 2019, I was like, I'm a failure. Like I didn't, I, I thought I knew what I was doing, but now I'm realizing like, I think I'm an imposter. And so emotionally 
I was just, I was just completely battered down. And I was in this state of like hypervigilance 24 seven. I couldn't sleep. I was grumpy. I was angry. I was pointing fingers everywhere, but back at myself. And the problem was the, the, between the two of like, we have to build something so much bigger than ourselves for other people to be enrolled in it. And for us to actually truly build something that has systems that people can be plugged into. Because if you're the thing that holds that system up, if you're the bottleneck, your business is probably going to come crashing down at some point if it hasn't already. We just have to recognize that. So emotionally, I was like, I was, I was like, I was like, am I going to have to go back to and get, get an engineering job again? I didn't. And then I was like, well, I don't know if I can because I've gone from a federally funded company to now cannabis. Like they're not going to take me back because they, they see like, I can't put that on my resume. They're not going to take me back. So I was so lost there for a little while. And it was literally like, we started over. We just completely started over from square one. And that's, <laughs> that's why I help other entrepreneurs with what I help them with. Because if you can build the foundation and be clear on even before you launched a product, if you can be clear on this is my mission and these are my core values and this is how I'm going to make decisions, the product might even come after that. You're like, here's the mission. Let's start to develop the product based on it being true to the mission rather than build a product and then understand what the mission is backwards. Like your foundation is your mission and your core values and your vision for the future. And then you can plug and play. Um, so yeah, man, it was, it was a, I was very lost at that point. Yeah, quite the story. But let's talk about uh, core values, Joe, going off that, because you br you mentioned that um, quite a few times, and I want to focus in on that a little bit. What what do core values mean to you, and how have they helped you make those decisions? A lot of people in real estate in general, you'll notice, don't have core values or anything. They're just buying real estate, buying rentals, um, kind of like mom and pop. They don't, they're not delegating. You talked about delegating and letting go. A lot of people are just doing stuff themselves. Um, I bet you over 90, 95% of the people listening to this are doing it themselves. So how do you even go? Like if no one has core values, what do they even mean to you, Joe? And how do you even start to form them? Yeah. So core values, I always say core values are your operating principles. They're the things that allow you to make decisions because as you grow and as your team grows, you need to be able to understand how you hire, fire, and promote. And the only way to correctly hire and fire and promote is to be clear on if this person can operate in alignment with your core values or not. A lot of the times we'll run into a difficult situation in business, in leadership, and somebody, you know, there's a mistake or, or somebody made a wrong decision. And we don't know how to address that conversation. We're like, uh, like you did it wrong. You're, you're a bad person. And like you create an argument, the person hates you, they leave, they walk out the door. But what if you could create a foundation for difficult conversations that creates clarity on why you're having that conversation with that person? So for example, Core values, a lot of times you'll see them as like a noun. You'll see, I'll just share curates. We have responsibility, service, and nature. Those are our three core values. But like, how do you operationalize those core values? So how do you like make a decision on a day-to-day -day basis that's in alignment with being responsible, that's in alignment with valuing service, that's in alignment with valuing nature? For us, we took those nouns and we turned them into verbs. So under the responsibility category, we have 
lead by example, like set a strong example. When you show up on a day-to-day basis and we're sitting in a meeting, if you have your phone out when somebody else is talking, that is your example. How do you think other people respond to that? They probably think that what you're saying doesn't matter. And what type of a team dynamic is that going to create? Very low trust. If you don't have trust, your company's not gonna work well, your team's not gonna work well. So when I say operationalize, we just came up with sayings that a responsible person would do. A responsible person would set a strong example. A responsible person would take initiative. So if we see somebody in the walls of our business that sees a problem and they take initiative to correct that problem, they are going to be rewarded for doing that. If they see something that is an opportunity to allow us to scale and they show up and they say, hey, I see this opportunity, it's gonna cost uh, 10K for the investment into this system or this opportunity, but I could see that it could double our revenue here. That's a massive amount of initiative and that helps our team grow. So take initiative is something that a responsible human would do. And if we see somebody taking initiative, then they are in complete alignment with growth within the walls of the company. But you can even do that stuff in the interview process. Like a lot of times people don't know how to interview. Like what questions do we ask? We look at their resume and we look at skills. We're like, okay, they know how to operate Word. They know how to operate Excel. They know how to do whatever it is. But what if you could sit down and truly understand at the core who that human is? So you have, you establish your core values for your company, but then you sit down in an interview and you say, well, is this person going to operate in alignment with who we are as a team and where we want to go? They have the skills, but recognize that you can teach skills. You're looking for who those people are inherently as a human being. So you can give them situational questions like, like you're late. Uh, you're late for a wedding and you forgot to get a card and you stop by a grocery store and you, you walk out of the grocery store and you see your car, but you see a cart next to your car that wasn't put back into the, the cart return. Remember, you're late for a wedding. What do you do? And then you ask the person and they say, oh, well, regardless of me being late, I don't want somebody to have their car dinged. And I think it's very important to be responsible. I'm going to put that cart back. I'm like, you're hired. So that's like the thing, like you can understand who a human being is to hire them, but you can also create those core values that create a system that allows you to measure performance for your team members and also correct when behavior is off and create a foundation for understanding. So, you know, I hired somebody this year based off of our core value of going the extra mile in the interview. I asked her, I said, hey, this person's on a subscription. Their package should have showed up two days ago. They literally use this as almost their daily medicine. It hasn't arrived. They, the tracking number isn't showing updating for the last three days. What do you do? And she goes, I'll, I'll figure out where they are and I'll drive it to them. And I was like, well, they're on the other side of the country, but like you're hired because you literally are like, you know, you're, you're going the extra mile. So that was in alignment with our core values. So for me, <clears throat> that was so important in my personal life too, because when I wasn't operating true to my core values, what I was, was what I was doing was I was giving away who I was because I wasn't being true to myself. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be friends with this person, but they obviously don't value growth. They don't value uh, taking initiative. They don't value like big picture thinking. I just wanted to be friends with them, but you know, they're focused on something else. So when you 
line up with values with somebody else, you create this like visceral knowing of like, we're the same. Like we're gonna work really well together. And you can see that very quickly when you meet somebody that has the same values as you. So that's, that's a long-winded answer, but you wanna take a noun, turn it into a verb, and allow that verb, that statement to be your operating principles that you hire, fire, and promote based off of. Yeah, and that really touches Ron and I because we've recently changed our core values and made some really, really hard decisions off of them, um, including hiring and firing, so both. Um, but once we had five core values before I met you, Joe, and then I got into yours and I, I looked at those core values and they didn't fit me as a person. They might've fit the company a little bit, but they didn't fit me. So they never stuck and they didn't fit Ron. So we weren't reiterating those and bringing them up and making big decisions off of them. So going off of that, I guess I'd say, how, what would be the first questions you ask if no one has a core value right now? What would be the first thing to do if they're like, because I already see our audience going, okay, um, I need to make core values. What do I do to make core values? What would your advice be that, to them? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of the times, the things that you value, or let me take a step back. A lot of the times when you can recognize the things that frustrate you on a day-to-day -day basis. So think about a responsible human. What does a responsible human do? they clean up after themselves, they shut the door, they turn the lights off, whatever it is. If you can recognize something that frustrates you on a day-to-day -day basis, like somebody not doing that, then your value is a behavior that's opposite to the thing that typically frustrates you. So if you value connection, what probably frustrates you is when somebody doesn't give you the time of day to sit down and really just connect on a human to human level and say, hey, like, you know, how are you? Uh, how was your weekend? Tell me about your friends. Tell me about your family. Like, let's connect. If it frustrates you that somebody doesn't go deep with you in that point, your value is opposite of that. So this person wasn't connecting with you. You value connection. That's one way to figure out what it is you value. And then you also have to understand how your business operates and creates revenue. So that's like personal, right? Like personal, notice the things that frustrate you that can also play into your business. But also, how does your business work? For us, as an example, we have a bunch of people that represent our company online. And one of our core values is be intentional rather than transactional. And that's really hard because a business is about transactions, right? But we have people that represent us online. They are representatives of the company and they help generate sales. But if we make everything transactional with them, as in we pay you this salary, we expect you to be posting this much and we're gonna pay you this much commission, that's extremely transactional. We want to create an intentional relationship because if we create an intentional relationship, then we almost hold those people accountable without any, even saying anything because they respect us. We've developed a friendship that allows our economic engine to work. So I said two things there. Values are typically opposite of the things that frustrate you and values within your business should not always, but can be the things that turn your economic engine. If my team members go the extra mile for our customers, our customers give word of mouth marketing, it grows our business. If my teammate builds very intentional relationships with people that represent our company, they represent our company and they generate sales. So there's two pieces to that. It's like, what is it that frustrates you if you don't have any values, start to figure that out. But then two, if you've built a business 
that is working to some level, just like we talked about systems, there's decisions that are made within your systems that generate sales that you can create core values around because there's, you know, somebody shows up as a, you know, they're responsible for your transactions and they uh, have to make, uh, or, or they're responsible for like reviewing contracts, say. They have to take the time to be very detail oriented to make sure that the contracts are written correctly and something doesn't slip through the cracks. So you can create a core value around that. It's like, I don't know what it is, like be detail oriented or, or something like that. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. And the one thing Ron and I really noticed is once we started hiring off of this and reiterating it and bringing it up, we do wins and lessons kind of like you every Friday and we try to bring up the core values as much as possible. It's, it's fun because everyone believes in the same stuff and it makes it an yeah. extremely fun culture. Like we're all on the same page. There's no major disconnect. We've had disconnect before with employees, obviously, and we still will eventually, but I feel like everyone's on the same page and it just makes it such a more fun culture to work in. Talk about that a little bit, how it affects the company culture. Yeah. I mean, you, you really, at the core, you're creating understanding. Like you, you're like, people start to understand each other. And if there's not understanding, then there's typically not trust. Like somebody said, this doesn't meet our standards or like we can't use this design that you drummed up. I'm just making up an example. If you, if you understood why they said we can't use this, you're not saying that person's a bad person. You're just saying, hey, this isn't alignment with how we build our business. And you're like, oh, like I get it, I understand. So it creates understanding. And then it also allows and empowers your team to make decisions without even asking you. And that, when you're the entrepreneur, remember when I said I had a list of five pages of shit that I needed to do? Like, when your team is making decisions without always asking you questions, they feel empowered. And they're making decisions because they understand the core value. They understand how Ron and Dan would make the decision. So then they feel like, empowered, they can keep continuing to move the business forward. And everybody's then on the same boat rowing in the same direction. It feels like a team, it feels like everything's putting in fuel to the fire. And it's making that engine operate the way it actually can to its full potential, rather than 10 people on a boat all rowing in different directions and making decisions different ways. Like, it literally creates the foundation for culture. That's awesome. Um, yeah, to give Joe a lot of credit, like this has accelerated our business growth a ton. Um, it slowed our, it, to be honest, it slowed our business down at first because one of Joe's things he says is fire fast and hire slow. And we fired fast when it didn't align with our core values. But going to one of our conversations Daniel and I had when we were hiring one of our more recent employees was just like, we literally were like going back about other things like skills, stuff like that. And then we just sat down like, what are our core values? We only have two of them. One of them is action oriented. And one of the things she consistently said in interviews was I hate that my job, I cannot work past 5 p.m. Like if I have stuff I need to do, they mm -hmm. cut me off because I'm hourly. I hate that I can't do that. And it was a tough decision, but that was the one thing that I remember very uh, vividly her saying that. And we knew it was a W-2 job for us. So it's like, well, shit, she might work past 5 p.m. for us. Um, the other night, like I'm getting pings on our CRM at like 930 ping. She did this ping. She's doing this. And I talked to her the next morning, like, what are you doing last night? She's like, I had to get something done. Like I, it just, it was bothering me before I went to bed. So I had to get this done. Um, but, uh, it just, just the credit to you, Joe, for what you've done. Like this is stuff I wouldn't have believed in two years ago to a year ago to be hundred percent honest, but the connection I feel with our employees 
has just, and how happy I am, like going into meetings with them, those wins and lessons meetings, um, they, it, it gives us something back. It makes us feel like we're all on the same page. It's not necessarily just about money or anything like that. It's just about the connection with them and uh, that we're all headed in the same direction. So thanks, thanks a ton for that. Like the hiring process, yeah. it, it was stress, it's stressful firing, but the hiring process and having the right people on board, um, it's worth all the headache that we went through. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you first hear those things, you're like, great theory, but like, how do I apply that? And that's literally what I thought too. And I was like, like, no, like, how do I 10x? Like, how do I, but like, this is how you 10x because you've built a foundation that doesn't, that you don't have to like, you don't have to go do the like, you don't have to go back to like the things that you used to get frustrated with because if you use the filter to bring people into the company, you've already filtered out the stuff that's going to cause the problems, the things that used to give you so much, so many headaches before. It's it's the core values. It's, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, <laughs> same thing. I was like, when I first learned that, I was like, great, like, but how do I generate my next sale? Like, Like, that's where most of us go, but if we're, our business can only get as big as we build other people. And as if, if we're not clear on these things and if we're not clear on building culture, the, you're not going to be building people. And that wins and lessons meeting is like at the end of the day, at the end of the week, something's always going to go wrong. Something's always going to go right. And if you can recap the week and say, cool, we won here and we learned this here. Let's take that lesson. Let's do better next time. Let's imp, let's look at it through a core values lens. It'll most likely avoid ever making that same mistake again. And your company can move so fast when you do that. But in the beginning, it's so slow. Just like you're saying, Ron, you're like, what? Like, what are we doing here? But, you know, it's like every there's no playbook for entrepreneurship. But like this is helping you create some type of a playbook. Yeah. And, back, and to, uh, I was just going to say, Ron, so we... Oh, go on. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> this is why you got to do it in person. Um, oh, no. I was going to say, we so we ended up having to um, fire one of our salespeople, Joe. And this was at a time where one of our A player employees was on uh, maternity leave, had a kid. And then we had to get, and then we had that conversation. And this salesperson was a good performer. He really was, but he did not fit anything we believed in. And it made it harder for us to operate. And there's just internal things going on. Um, but we ended up going our way because of these core values. And like we got hit the next two, three months. Uh, our sales got took a hit because our salesperson who is bringing in all this business isn't there anymore. And we knew that we are completely fine with it because these core values we're building for not tomorrow, but for one to two years down the road, we're putting the CRM in place, not for to make more money in 2022, to make for more money in 2024, um, to really be able to operate. So that kind of puts it into a real life situation for everyone out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that, that was a big change in our business. It was difficult. We went from five people down to Daniel and I, just Daniel and I, for a few months, and we took a long process hiring. Um, our salesperson who we just hired, new salesperson we just hired, like we've never been to a piece of land that we've ever bought. Um, we bought hundreds and sold hundreds of pieces of land. We've never, and we take pride in that. And we had a piece of land that was like two hours away. He's like, I'll drive there. And he went there like one night, went there at 8 p.m. and uh, 
walk the land, stuff like that. It was a really slow piece. So we put some work in there on uh, boots on the ground and stuff like that. But just having those people on board, like I, I'm genuinely more happy going to work, having meetings with everyone. Um, I'm excited to teach them and to touch base on one thing that Joe said, he already said it, but just to, how we selected our core values is what frustrated us along with, uh, so I kind of looked at my day-to-day -day life, like what frustrates me? If people don't get shit done, that frustrates me really bad, whether it's business, anything. Um, like that bothers me. And that's something in all of our relationships and our business, not just employees. When we hire, uh, whether, whether pe people for pictures for our land, like that's what we want. People who are action oriented, who get stuff done, uh, title companies, realtors, everything that we do is based on that. It's not just our employees, Joe. And is that kind of similar to what you do with, uh, I guess, manufacturing partners, stuff like that? 100%. Like you... You can see if they're in alignment in the first interaction. Like you have a one-on-one -on -one meeting on a Zoom call. You meet somebody for the first time. They're like, yeah, I'm going to send you a follow-up email. You get off the call and they already sent you a follow-up email. You're like, that's the person right there. Like that is action-oriented. But it's true because it's not just it's, – it is the walls of your business. It is the team. But it's also like, you know, if you're working with people that are outside of your company and they have – a bad name, but you're associated with them, that could be bad for your company. So if somebody's interacting with a photographer, that's just like a complete asshole or something like that. And they're like, like whatever it may be, that stuff can come back to you. Every interaction inside the walls and outside the walls of the company is somebody's perspective of you as a company. And just like you guys are saying with that sales rep, like you probably avoided something in the future that even if it would have been 10 million, $20 million, like whatever it is, what could have the, what could the downside have been? And you, you avoided that by making sure that there was an alignment with core values. And since there wasn't, you literally were avoiding future problems and we can't necessarily see the future, but like we can also understand that when you look over something that is a little bit off or a little bit out of character or not in alignment with how you want things to work. If you look over that enough times, you end up like I did in 2019 where everything was just like, this is embarrassing right now. This is really embarrassing. And, and, and it's all my fault. And I was like, Oh, like that really hurts. So yeah, everybody we work with, every representative of the company, we, if you just applied to our ambassador program, first is have you purchased from the company? Cause we want to make sure that you've tried our product. But second is, can we see that you're in alignment with our core values? And we just look at their Instagram page. We're like, what are they posting? What are they talking about? How are they going to represent the company? Maybe they only post five times over the next year, but every single one of those five times is the opportunity of somebody to see the company and say, Ooh, like, why would they work with that person? And that doesn't matter. One person we have 70,000, almost 80,000 customers now, every single one matters. Nice. That's awesome. Um, do you have any other questions, Daniel, in particular? Yeah. I mean, I just kind of wanted to wrap things up from here, Joe. I wanted to ask you before we hop off what, because I know you're into books, I'm into books, we read a lot and continuously learning, but what is one of the most impactful books you've had in terms of scaling a business or anything entrepreneurship really? Yeah. So when it comes to mission and core values, good to great by Jim Collins was the most crucial foundation to understanding on, on how to implement those things and why Jim Collins literally took 30 years 
of studying data of companies to look back over the course of time, 1800s, uh, companies that were started in World War One, World War Two, the Great Depression, and why they were successful and why they went from good to great and still exist today, and its mission and core values. So that was definitely one of them. And the second, it's not even an entrepreneurial book, but it's Awareness by Anthony DeMello. That book will slap you in the face. If you actually are open to recognizing who it is you are and why you operate the way you do, that book will make you question everything. Because if you don't have awareness around who it is you are and how you show up on a day-to-day basis, you can't be the leader that your company needs. So one's like a awareness is very philosophical, kind of spiritual book. And then Jim Collins is very like, this is the core foundation, mission and core values. Those are, those are my two favorite books. I thought and you caught, awareness I think is you a short Ron's, one if you haven't you, read it. I think you caught Ron's attention with awareness because I heard his pen going <laughs> right in something. <laughs> it's a short one. It's, you know, you know, Tim Ferriss always asks like, what's the one get, what's the one book that you've gifted the most? That book I've, probably given away like 50, 60 copies by now. Cause I'm just really? like this, like, yeah, it is wow. so good. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, we'll wrap it up from here then. Um, where can people find you, Joe? Yeah. So on Instagram, Joseph Sheehy, J O S E P H S H E E H E Y. I do go by Joe. That's my proper name, Joseph. Um, and cured is on Instagram. You got to type out cured nutrition. We're shadow banned by big tech. They don't like anything associated anywhere close with <laughs> marijuana. So the only way to find us is to completely type out the whole name cured nutrition. You can see all things cured, but yeah, anything that we talked about here, just reach out to me personally, because happy to happy to help support this entrepreneurial journey is literally like, it's like the fast track of personal development. We learn so much about ourselves and that's why it's fun to have relationships with people like yourself because you know we're all just figuring it out together but when we can bounce ideas off of each other and create this like oh like this this place where like entrepreneurial support group feels really good so absolutely well thanks again for joining well everyone to get started and to unlock your potential freedom visit landinvestingonline.com Ron and I have a free discord where there's hundreds of successful investors and real estate investors land investors If you guys got value from this, please like and subscribe our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys are listening on. It really means a lot to us. Other than that, thank you for joining, and we'll see you guys next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.